All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demion. And today, I'm back out front of McDonald's sitting here with a caramel coffee. Uh, so I guess what happened last time, not last time, but the time before when I had the almost near perfect cup, the guy probably put two or three shots of caramel in there. This time, they actually gave me a caramel coffee, but they only seem to have put one shot of caramel in there. So I've got to figure that out on my own, how to... Um, make sure I get the right amount. I could just tell them put two or three more shots, but they'll probably want to charge for that. So I may bring some caramel extract of my own, which I have. It's a syrup. I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to figure it out just until I can get my hands on a good bottle of coffee flavorings. But today we're out here. It's a little noisy in the background, but for the most part, I know that you can hear my voice clearly when I'm speaking into the microphone. So what I want to do today is a little reading and then a few questions with it. Because what I want to show you is that you don't have to read, you know, a whole novel to get full benefit from the text that you consume. You know, if you're somebody like me, you just prefer to listen to everything or watch a movie or a episode or a show, you know, and just get the audio. But every now and then, you know, you want to change up the pace, read a little something. So... This is how you can maximize your reading if you're not just doing it for entertainment. So, I've chosen the book uh, titled Harbor Lights, uh, uh, Chesapeake Shores Novel by Cheryl Woods. It's a New York Times bestselling author. So we're going to read an excerpt from that, um, not even a full chapter, because I'm going to read and then I'm going to ask you some questions about what was read. So what you can gather from that is the reading and comprehension. You know, because it doesn't matter if you're sitting here reading, you know, three, four chapters or something. If you don't understand what you're reading, then you're wasting your time. So it's better to read a little bit of text and understand it very well before moving on to trying to read a novel and then break down the whole novel. But if you can read maybe half a page, a full chapter, depending on your level, and then summarize it in your own words, your own English words, that's going to be more effective than just sitting here plowing through a bunch of text. So we're going to go ahead and take a sip of coffee. As you can hear in my voice, <laughs> skipping over words, it seems uh, the coffee is kicking in, the caffeine is coming in like a lightning bolt. So let's ride this wave out as we take a few more sips of the lightning. Oh yeah. And let's go. Chapter one, 13 months later. Kevin glanced out the window of his childhood bedroom. The yard that sloped down toward the Chesapeake Bay was decorated with balloons. Piles of presents sat on a picnic table next to a cake decorated with toy trucks, Davy's favorite things. All of the O'Briens had gathered to celebrate his son's second birthday, but Kevin couldn't barely summon the energy to get out of bed. Despite his resolve to be strong for Davy, he'd pretty much been a wreck since George's death, not able to get a fix on anything, unable to make even the most basic decisions about his life. He had made three decisions, though. He'd quit his job as a paramedic, he'd sold the townhouse, which was filled with memories of his too brief marriage, and he'd moved home. At least here, he knew there were plenty of people who would love and look out for his son while he figured out what came next. That was something he really needed to get to, one of these days. Someone pounded on the door of his room, his younger brother from the sound of it. Get your butt downstairs, Connor bellowed. The party's about to start. Given his choice, 
Kevin would have crawled back into bed and pulled the pillow over his head to block out the sound of laughter coming from outside. He wouldn't, though. For one thing, even if nothing else in his life made sense, his son was the most important person in it. Kevin wouldn't let him down. For another, either Graham or his dad would be up here next, and either one of them had the power to shame him into doing what was right for the occasion. On my way, he assured Connor. He showered in record time, pulled on jeans and a t-shirt, and slid his feet into a pair of old sneakers, then went downstairs. Only his youngest sister, Jess, was in the kitchen. She surveyed him, then shook her head. You're a mess, she declared. I showered. These clothes are clean, he protested. Did you lose your razor and maybe your comb? Who are you, he grumbled. The fashion patrol? Just calling it like I see it, big brother. Everyone else spruced up for the party. Turning two is a big deal. Do you honestly think Davey's going to care if I shaved? He asked as he rubbed his hand over his unshaven jaw. He had shaved yesterday, or was it the day before? He couldn't recall. Mostly the days slipped by in a blur. No, Davy won't care today, but you'll look like some derelict in the pictures. Is that the memory you want him to carry with him throughout his life? Last year, on his first birthday, it made sense that you look ragged. It was only a few weeks after Georgia. Don't mention her name, he snapped. Someone has to, she said, looking him directly in the eye without backing down. You loved her, Kev. I get that. You're hurting and angry because she's gone. But you can't pretend she didn't exist. She was that little boy's mom. What are you planning to do? Let him go through his entire life with the subject of his mother off limits? What about his grandparents? Do you expect them to never mention their daughter's name? I can't talk about her. Not yet. He knew it was irrational, but somehow he thought if he didn't talk about Georgia or her death, it wouldn't be real. She'd still be out there on the other side of the world, saving lives. She'd still walk through the door one day, back into his life. When, then, Jess asked, her gaze unrelenting. If he hadn't been so annoyed, he might have admired her persistence. For a woman who rarely stuck with anything for long, Jess had certainly dug her heels in on this. Just his freaking luck. What do you expect me to say, he snapped again. A day? A month? Hell, if I know when I'll be ready. Even as he spoke, he felt the sting of tears in his eyes. He hated the sign of weakness almost as much as he hated this whole conversation. Just drop it, okay? Of course she didn't. Sit down, she ordered, not cutting him any slack. He didn't like that Jess was turning the tables on him. His little sister had always come to him for advice. Now she was obviously planning to dole it out. Just like Georgia, once Jess got stirred up, she was going to speak her mind whether anyone wanted to listen or not. Apparently, this was one of those times. Kevin sat mostly because he was too shaky not to and because she'd plunked a cup of much-needed coffee on the table to go with whatever words she was intent on dishing out. Now, that's the reading. That's not the full chapter. Now, let's ask some questions. So hopefully the uh, background noise wasn't too loud for you. A couple cars, like I said, I'm right here on the strip. I've got, what, Camaros, Lincolns, trucks, motorcycles, all that passing in front of me here. But um, like I said, we read. I'll make sure the audio is good so you can hear what I said clearly. But let's ask a few questions based on the little bit of text that we just went through. So 
What do you think is happening in this story right now? What What's going on in this story? Can you answer that question based off the first listening? Just based off what we talked about, what do we know? Who are the main characters? Well, we know Kevin is a character, but who is Kevin? Who is Kevin? And what happened to Kevin? What is Kevin currently dealing with? You know, how is Kevin's situation starting the story? Who is affected by Kevin's attitude, his emotional state? Who is Kevin currently talking to? At this moment, who is he talking to? Who's laying the pipe down and trying to put his affairs in order? Just based off this little bit of text, we have learned, this is spoiler alert, so I'm going to go ahead and answer these questions that I just asked you in the beginning, so you may want to go ahead and pause it if you've yet to come up with a guess or your own conclusion on the matter. But Kevin has just experienced a death. His wife died, right? So he's miserable. Anybody who's experienced uh, the loss of a loved one, a loved one, knows that it's a tough time. You know, you're, you're emotional, you're in your feelings. It's just hard to deal with things, hard to get back to a routine because now you have to find a new routine. And in the meantime, things just start to falter. You lose focus at work. Maybe school's not as important. Food doesn't taste as good. Life is just dull. It went from a vibrant green, neon yellow to a dull, gray, plain, dreary day. So Kevin is in the dumps, right? And he's sitting here, you know, looking out the window. His son has a birthday party. Now, the kid's only turning two, right? Kid has a birthday party. This is supposed to be a joyous occasion. All the family members are over. Everybody's, you know, elated. Everybody's on cloud nine, ready for this kid's birthday, to kick off his birthday. And he's just down in the dumps. But, you know, he grabs himself by the bootstraps. He takes a shower, manages to put on a clean shirt, but it's still not enough. His sister is giving him flack on why didn't you shave? Why didn't you shave? You don't think that his sister's tired of seeing him mope around? Of course his wife died. It was a marriage, a short marriage, a good marriage, but she's gone. You got to get over it at some point. How long is somebody supposed to grieve? That's where we are in the story right now. Now, these are my words. This is my understanding of what we just read. So we haven't even gone into the whole book, but we already have a whole conversation. We already have a whole idea you know, point of reference on this story. There was a man who just experienced a loss. He's preparing for his son's birthday. He's just not in the best shape of mind, the best state of mind. His family members are trying to pick him up. Now, where do you think the story is going to go from here? What do you think Jess, his sister, is going to say, right? So this is, this is what you can do from just this, this little bit of text. We read, what, half a page here? Maybe about, maybe about two pages, two full pages. We read two full pages. We've already got the names Connor, right? Jess, Davey, Kevin, Georgia. You know, his wife had the same name as a state. Also, what kind of idioms are in here? What kind of expressions? Let's see what's good and how you could rephrase this. So the, the story starts out, Kevin glanced out of... 
Kevin glanced out the window of his childhood bedroom, right? Kevin peered out the window. Kevin looked out the window. Kevin stared out the window. Kevin drifted out the window, right? Mentally drifted. There's a hundred different ways you could say it. The yard that sloped down. So we know it's a slanting down road. Piles of presents sat on a picnic table. Mm-hmm. Piles of money sat on the table. Piles of dirt, piles of clothes were laying on the floor. Despite his resolve to be strong for Davy. Despite his resolve. That's a, that's a powerful you know, little statement there. If you were to say that in conversation. You know, despite your resolve, you know, you still failed. Um, he made, he had made three decisions though. He'd quit his job as a paramedic. He'd sold the townhouse, which was filled with memories of his too brief marriage, too brief marriage, short-lived marriage, inadequate marriage to the point to where not enough time, not inadequate as far as quality, but inadequate. He didn't get enough of it. He wanted more of her, but she's gone now. Someone pounded on the door of his room. Right? They, they knocked on the door, but they didn't just, you know, knock, you know. They pounded, you know. They hit the heck out of the door, right? His younger brother, from the sound of it. Given his choice, Kevin would have crawled back into bed. Given his choice. Left up to Kevin, right? If, if Kevin had his way, he would have what? Right? Let's see. On my way, he assured Connor. On my way, he assured Connor. If you didn't know what assured was, then you would know that he confirmed just to let Connor know, yeah, I'm coming, man. Just give me a freaking minute here, right? He showered in record time, right? She studied for the test in record time. I completed the assignment in record time. The dentist finished the appointment in record time. I made it across town in record time. Plenty of takeaways, plenty of takeaways. That means he did it with speed. Let's see here. Hmm. Everyone else spruced up for the party. Spruced up for the party. So what do people do for a party? They put on clothes, put on airs. Everybody's looking good, feeling good, smelling good, right? So that's what you call sprucing up. So you can just get some of that colloquial, you know, right there. Spruce up. Go spruce up. So you can sit there, you and your wife, girlfriend, or you and your boyfriend, husband, getting ready to go out for a night on the town. And you're like, hold on, give me a few minutes. I need to go spruce up. That will be appropriate. But you can get that. I mean, we haven't even went through the whole book. We're just taking a little bit from this text that we're opening and looking through. Let's see. Last year on his first birthday, it made sense that you looked ragged. Looked ragged. Looked drab. Looked bad. Because it was only a few weeks after Georgia died. Right? So, look ragged. So, if somebody told you, hey, you look raggedy today, or you look rather ragged, that means you look bad, low quality. You're hurting and you're angry because she's gone. Straight, straight from the mouth, you know, nothing, nothing coded there. The subject of his mother off limits. Now, that's cool. You hear that a lot. You might hear somebody say, uh, you know, we're not talking about money, that's off limits. We're not talking about what happened with the mortgage, that's off limits. We're not talking about my son's death, that's off limits. When you put something off limits, that's something you don't want to talk about, something you don't feel comfortable discussing. If he hadn't been so annoyed, 
he might have admired her persistence. Good stuff. For a woman who rarely stuck with anything for long, Jess had certainly dug in her heels on this. Dug in her heels on this. Meaning she was standing firm. She would not budge. Dug in her heels. If you've ever um, tried to pull something, you know how you get a good grip with your feet, like you put that extra strength into it. You know, if you find a branch or something, you kind of wedge your foot into it or a rock and wedge into it and use that pressure to give you more pulling power. So Jess had certainly dug in her heels. So when somebody digs into something, they latch onto it, not letting go. What do you expect me to say? He snapped again. A day? A month? Hell, if I know when I'll be ready. Right? You could, you could say that, you know, if you want to uh, be a little spicy with your wife. And she says, uh, honey, when, when are you finally going to finish that roof? You could say, hell, hell, if I know when it'll be ready. You could add it, you know. Hell, if I know when it'll be ready. Or if you're, you're a wife, you know, or girlfriend, or maybe even the guy, but you're cooking dinner, right? And your dinner, your, your husband yells in there, he says, hey, babe, when's dinner going to be ready? Hell, if I know when it'll be ready, you know. Let's see. But yeah, that's just something you can do. With basic text, not even not even reading the whole thing. Just taking a little bit, you know, two pages, and then spending some time breaking it down. So we spent about, what, ten minutes here just breaking down that little bit of text. Now, if you're somebody who's sitting here reading three, four chapters of a book, and you can't go that far into depth on it, did you really comprehend everything that was there? Did you really get all the nuggets? You know, so it's not the amount. You would rather quality reading over quantity of reading two pages over 200 pages that you can't break down right talk about it freely comfortably understand what's going on now like i said reading for entertainment just like when you watch a show for entertainment you know you watch it one or two times you may see something that you didn't see the first time but when you're reading for studying right you're trying to i was like okay well i want to learn some english today so i'm going to read this book right read this chapter okay should you read the chapter in five minutes? You could, but I mean, you're, you're just missing a lot of stuff if you're reading for vocabulary in context, you know, or maybe you just read until something jumps out at you. Maybe dug in her heels is something that sparked your interest. You say, oh, dug in her heels. Now, what would you do with that? Then you would take dug in her heels to the Internet. And you would say, dig in your heels. Idiom. Search it. Look for different examples. Read the articles on that and then go down the rabbit hole. But that was just a little something I wanted to share, a little reading. Saw this book laying around the house and said, well, let's open it up, see what we can figure out. I've been busy with the site. I've got a back page that I'm building on there. I'll be opening that soon. You'll hear an advertisement on the uh, podcast. It will be my own advertisement um, because right now at this moment, you know, we don't have any paid uh, sponsors on here. I have the option to add them. I've had that option for a while, but I just, I like the quality of my podcast. I like everything being me, 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 me. So I don't really want to put too many voices on there. Not saying it won't happen in the future, but the first ad, first few ads definitely will be ads uh, promoting my own creations, which you will see very soon. But other than that, don't forget, uh, well, here in the States, I don't know what, what day they celebrate it on in your country. But here in the States, tomorrow is Mother's Day. 
so I'll be spending some time with my mom. She wanted corned beef, so we picked up a corned beef. Well, I picked it up, and um, I'll bring it over to her. I, I was going to just buy her a corned beef sandwich from a restaurant somewhere, but she said she wants corned beef because nobody can cook it like she can cook it. Okay, well, that's what, what I got. And uh, if you guys know the prices of meat, corned beef, you might as well have bought a, a three-pound T-bone uh, steak, you know. It's freaking crazy, just the prices that they have over here. So, got some corned beef. Then she has a birthday. Uh, she wants some gardening stuff. You know, she's got a few flowers that she ordered. Wants to put them in the ground, so maybe I'll pick her up um, some gardening equipment. But other than that, I hope you all are well. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. Keep sipping. And I will see you in the next one.